and welcome to the weekly recap. Wow. <laughs> I just got sniped. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to kick it off that way. So, Great. <laughs> uh, as you can tell, we have a guest in the building, two guests in the building, actually. Uh, hi, this is Nick with the weekly recap. This is episode 161. I've been trying to get more consistent at the intro, <laughs> and it's just not working. Oh. Uh, but we are hanging out in the basement with the uh, co-owners, right? Is that is that the right term? Yep. Co-owners of Coven Brewing, new to the Pittsburgh scene here. So welcome Katie and Trevor, both of which have been on the show before in different roles. But I uh, wanted to bring you guys back on because this is exciting and fun. And we're talking about new stuff. So Hell yeah. But yeah, definitely good to be back. I don't think the last time we were on together was last october maybe o- yeah october 12th possibly was it maybe did you look it up no <laughs> he definitely did feels right though it does um that would have been what what did we talk about on that episode? <laughs> i don't even remember uh katie's role at dancing gnome we drank some monkish stout oh that's um, right mm-hmm. okay so you definitely read the description on that episode before you came over no oh. Just remember the monkish stout I mean, that one does stand out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, we are going to be drinking at some point this evening. Um, I am currently in Illustra here because I started it before they got here. And I'm a rude host and didn't (laughs) set them up with beers before we started recording. But uh, do you guys want to bust into something that you brought? Do you want to start with this stuff? Um, Really kind of open to whatever. I have no preference. I maybe wanted to start while our palettes are a little cleaner with something we brought. Let me see. Okay. Unmarked bottle. Would you like to tell Nick what this is? Um, So this is a Cezanne that I made uh, in the summer. Um, It's uh, 6%, um, really simple grain bill. Uh, It's about like 10% wheat, but that's the only kind of, if I would even call that an adjunct. Um, this is a wild yeast that I captured off of like spring blossoms. And then I did a bunch of like little yeast captures. Some didn't work. Some tasted fine. Some tasted pretty good. So I grew up this yeast and then I just wanted to see what it would do. Um, so this is very clean. Uh, it's, I haven't had it tested yet, but it's pretty sure it's just a Saccharomyces, like not a mixed fermentation really, but it's a totally wild yeast. Um, so I've been keeping this culture, uh, and this particular Cezanne is very simple. Um, I bottle conditioned it with uh, a little bit of like elderflower syrup. Um, so it's just a little bit floral, uh, but I'm excited to kind of see where this yeast can go in the future. Awesome. Now, is this a, just like a, um, I don't want to say homebrew, but like a pilot Yeah, it's like thing. a little test so, batch. Gotcha. Yeah. Here. I want There's to see an opener you do with right the pinky there. ring. Oh, sorry. For the uh, viewers. <laughs> yes, uh, social media is, or I'm sorry, podcasting is definitely a visual medium. So, <laughs> Trevor, did you have a hand in this at all? Minorly. I was around for various parts of the production of this. Not as much as some of the other stuff we've done together, though. Okay. I think this, this was definitely a Katie brainchild that she wanted to see through, and I was very enthusiastic about it. Um, I. I haven't had any in a while, but think when we did try it, it turned out really well. So I'm excited to kind of revisit it. Excellent. Well, I'm very excited that you brought it. I feel kind of rude just dumping this without washing my glass. Do like a little, a little pour 
swirl, and then you got to just kind of suck up that part, and then it'll be like basically clean. That's my move. <laughs> Rinse with the beer. I like it. I will do that. That's how they do the uh, bourbon barrels. Oh. Right? They rinse them. They pre-rinse them with whatever's going into them. I didn't know that. Interesting. They clean it with it, dump it, and then put in what they're putting in. I believe. I don't know if that's industry standard. I have heard that a handful of times, though. Well, does it seem like it changed at all? Or have you tried it yet? I guess it's the first one. I think it's the same as it's been. Um, This is a couple months old. Um, I forget exactly when I bottled it, but... Probably now, maybe four or so. Um, but I think it's like holding up nice. It's I could do for more carbonation in this, but as like a test of this yeast, I'm super happy with it. This could kind of be a canvas for a lot of things. So I'm excited to play with it more. Something that you can expand on, I'm sure. Yeah. Right. Um, at this point, I kind of want to talk about how this all got started for you guys, or, I mean, we all kind of, we both previously, we had gone through like your history with craft beer and mm-hmm. how you got into it and that kind of thing. Now I just kind of want to focus on Coven. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> Trevor dropped the ball on this or dropped the bomb on this. Probably, probably both. <laughs> uh, <laughs> on this episode on me, what, two weeks ago, maybe? Yeah. I think it was beginning of the second week of November, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Maybe a little bit later, not, not long ago. And yeah, I was completely dumbfounded, like just heard the news and was like, wait, what? <laughs> so I guess how long has this been in the works for you guys or how much of this was just pre-planning and how much of it was timing? Yeah. So maybe we should, I do definitely want to answer that, but uh, or, yeah. for, the, for the viewers, um, <laughs> uh, maybe most specifically say like, we're starting a new brewery here in Pittsburgh um, called Coven Brewing. Uh, it'll be at the roundabout location, um, and we'll be opening in the spring. They're kind of helping us transition to taking over their space uh, as a new entity. Um, so it's a really awesome opportunity, and we're like super grateful for them helping us like to start our own thing. So to that end, we we're starting about we're talking about starting a brewery like in the spring, maybe. Yeah, we had um, I think abstractly understood each other's desire to take on a project like this for a while. Always talked about beer in a way that was like working towards something bigger in the future, but started to kind of hone in on some of those ideas and desires. I would say spring, even early spring, really started to get together more outside of just drinking beer, just brewing together and figure out what it might take to make this work down the road. Um, A good part of it though was right place, right time. Uh, we came across this opportunity middle of July, I think second week of July, probably. Mm-hmm. And it, it was more or less roundabout was looking to sell their equipment, have someone take over their current lease and move into the spot once their current lease is up at the beginning of next year. And it kind of lined up with everything. We, we had a, a business plan pretty fleshed out. We had, an idea of what direction we would ultimately like to go. Um, Ideas on systems and sizes and kind of what we could afford. And this kind of presented itself and we took a shot at it and kept running and are still running. But the paperwork's been signed and it's official. Uh, Like Katie said, hoping for an early spring, very late winter grand opening. Yeah. 
I'm pumped about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the I don't really need to know, I guess, more specifics or anything, but the roundabout crew is kind of just moving on, doing whatever they're going to do type of thing. Um, from they, what I understood of it, they this has been in the works for them for a while, and or at least on the minds of the owners for a while. Um, they... I think their future plans are uh, still up in the air. They want to keep the brand going. Mm-hmm. They're kind of figuring out what that means for them. The listing that they... So this was a, a post that they made on an industry website called Pro Brewer um, that they wanted to like sell their equipment. They, in the post, made it very clear that they were like ideally going to sell it to like a new brewery that wanted to get started as a way of like helping them like helping somebody accelerate what took uh, Steve and Diana so long to put together for themselves is it took them a really long time to like build their own brewery that it was really cool to, of them just to think even like we want to turn this into a legacy brewery and give it to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, they seem like the type of people that were like very community oriented. They wanted to have that presence and, and that name out there. Right. And to see them kind of do this to build that into the next person taking over, even though it's a new place, right? Yeah. That's the most important thing to note here is that it's not roundabout changing their name. It's not somebody buying them out and making something else out of it. Like it, this is a new start for a new brewery. Yeah, for sure. In the place that had a brewery rep- before. Yeah. And the news just broke a couple of days ago or yesterday, maybe about um, couch brewing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, kind of doing the same thing. Uh, I don't know how, what the ins and outs of that are. Um, we've known the couch people for a very long time. Um, I, I went back and actually looked. It was episode twenty-five was our first like on-site cool. podcast. So, uh, and it was a couch brewery. So yeah. that was very cool. Um, hate <clears throat> to see those guys go, but at the same time, excited for like the next person to come in. That kind of thing. So. Um, I guess very. Uh, I don't know how similar the stories are. I don't. Yeah, I don't know really many details about that. that. <laughs> I've only seen like about the couch transition. I just saw like the Instagram post. Yeah. Um, but I think it's to me, it's kind of an elegant solution for everybody. Like maybe brewery owners don't want to do it anymore, but they can like uh, kind of sell in a way that is not just like a big beer or a real estate developer like they can make some money to move on to their next chapter um but then it's also like a nice opportunity for somebody who wants to get started to not have to go through like zoning and build out and cutting drains and like all of that like there's still plenty of licensing that we are going through oh i'm sure um yeah <laughs> but happily it does not involve like big build out costs or time yeah the, the building's completely retrofitted um, equipment's in place. So a lot of the heavy lifting in situations like these gets cut, which is really nice. It, it just not only has shortened the time frame, but also just kind of made it more predictable. We're not waiting on a ton of shipping of a ton of different things and various contractors. Um, we kind yeah. of have a list of what we need to get together. A lot of it being legal documentation for licensing which again, once submitted is out of our control, but the list is shorter and a little more easy to keep an eye on. Yeah. And and that's- it kind of lets us like, hopefully, um, get started pretty fast. So the timeline for all this has felt 
very fast, but we're pretty sure that we're going to be able to get going without like tons of downtime and waiting and building and things like that. So, well, and that's what a lot of people are up against now with building materials and parts yeah. and just everything just compounding with the whole pandemic hangover, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I think just like sitting chains. in shipping containers. Yeah. yeah. And everybody's and affected Suez by Canal. it. Yep. Yeah. Damn Suez. I just read an article about how there's like some uh, giant fuel tanker that is being held by rebels that is going to get blown up soon and then like everything will go to shit. So, um, wow. All right. Google that. Trevor, <laughs> yeah. Trevor give us your conspiracy theory. Uh, 15 no, that's minutes. real. <laughs> yeah. that, well, that actually was my conspiracy theory. <laughs> um, no, I, I don't mean to laugh at that. That's actually really crappy yeah you'll you won't be laughing when uh, (laughs) yeah uh hot take invest in tesla and alternative electric vehicle producers now all right i'll keep (laughs) that in mind that's out on the internet now thank you (laughs) the next logical question is what kind of beer is coven bringing to pittsburgh yeah says Uh on (laughs) right i was gonna i I didn't want to say it but uh this is fantastic thanks Uh, Um, yeah definitely a little sweet but like it's got that nice like I don't know. I'm, I'm a big fan of Saison. It's like and, crisp. Yeah. Which I'm happy with. Um, it's got just like a little bit of that farmhouse ester, but not. I like it to be kind of restrained like this, unless like I'm going for a mixed culture mm-hmm. product. So I'm very happy with that. Uh, I am excited to do a lot of farmhouse stuff. Cool. Dry hop Saisons. I'm excited to work with fruit. Uh, I haven't really explored like local fruit connections yet, but I'd like to get into that over time, like um, doing some kind of seasonal saison recipes, maybe on grape skins, maybe with apples. Also pretty excited about doing hazy IPAs, New England style. Um, no. Yeah. Um, I, we've made some stuff that I'm really proud of um, that's pretty like soft fruit forward um and i think i have a few like adjunct ideas that are also i'm kind of interested in um one was not my idea it was trevor's we brewed a coconut double ipa um that was just like really creamy and smooth um and i'm kind of like thinking about all these like tiki new england ipas that we could make so so you know you say coconut and then i go no no it wasn't it was (laughs) it's really good it was just this kind of like Creamy, like pina colada type of like smooth situation. Yeah, see, I, I hate all those things. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, well, that won't be the only beer. So no, I get you. Um, yeah. I actually for so Sarah brought this up. We uh, we had a stout. I forget what I I cracked a couple of weeks ago or something. And it had it was like very predominantly coconut to her, but I didn't think that the coconut flavor was even like there at all. And she's like, no, you just. You just like coconut in beer is what it is. You don't like coconut. You may not like the coconut flavoring. Like I hate like snow caps or whatever those like the oh, snowballs, snowballs. That's it. Okay. Um, I, I can't stand that stuff. I can't stand mounds or almond joy or any of that stuff because it's literally just chomping on coconut. But when it comes to coconut flavoring in things, I think I'm okay with it. So just going to throw that out there. Heard. I really like it as a brewing ingredient. It's very like creamy. And I think. Especially with, I mean, it, it's a natural in stouts from the terms of like dessert flavors. Yeah. But as you maybe personally know, um, 
my husband Jake and I are like super into tiki drinks mm -hmm. and it plays really and also like Thai food and coconut and like lime and pineapple and acid and all those big tropical flavors they just play so nicely together and then I think with the right hop combinations in like a New England IPA it's just that tropical like juice that's yeah. super good yeah and I mean, it, I'm sure it plays well with some of the flavors that you find in those beers too. A lot of like mango or, yeah. you know, like that, those types of like softer fruits, you yeah. know, where it's not like a citrusy or acidy type of thing. So, I mean, I think that yeah. makes sense. I would be very excited to try this beer. You shall. Um, <laughs> I most certainly will. Yeah. I know that. <laughs> I'll, I'll force uh, feed you. Isn't the right word? Uh, I'll be like, you're going to like this. Listen. Wait, are you saying yeah. you're going to waterboard me with beer? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say baby bird you with beer. <laughs> that's all. That's, I don't know that's which even is worse. worse. <laughs> yeah. Get your booster. <laughs> Already there. Yeah. Already there. <laughs> um, thank you so much for bringing this along though. This is fantastic. The, uh, the Saison is super clear too. I like, I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah. A little, when we had first bottled this, loved it because it was warm out. It was humid. This was just super crushable. A uh, good amount of like some, I get, a, I still do some light, like juicy pear flavors, um, a little bit of like maybe like honeycomb, just like really light, but flavorful flavors. It's freezing today. I foraged in the park for the elderflowers. <laughs> <laughs> and this, this beer was a happy memory, I think. Yeah, it's very cold today. Um, <laughs> the, the one flavor, like it, it kind of. And I hate to say it this way, but it kind of tastes like clear gummy bears. To okay. Me. Yeah, that's um, that's the pineapple one. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. And I, I don't. Yeah, I, I think I, it tastes I mean, like pineapple juice, kind of. Yeah, and yeah. it's not like it's not like pineapple, like pineapple. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like a subtle hint of it because the body of the beer is actually really good too. Like it's not just like you're drinking these adjuncts, which I like. So. Yeah, I forget the exact. This is a nerdy thing to say the attenuation of this for a wild yeast was pretty good it was something around like 75 percent um which like for a wild capture uh is on par with commercial like lab yeast um so i'm excited to do some like experiments with this that's really wild for like a first time thing like or i mean i guess not first time but maybe yeah i mean i had a lot of um i had a a large amount of little captures that I started with but then like they did not all work um and I was like feeding them small batches of wort over time to kind of see like which ones would and tasting those to see which ones were kind of like working so it came from like a big sample size and then like I think this is a blend of like two of those things at the end oh uh, okay but um and also like I am like my house is full of fermenting things <laughs> and whenever I've done like wild projects, I always wonder a little bit like how wild they really are. Like to me, I'm like, I, I certainly did go out and I like got the blossoming flowers and I like went outside and like had wart going out there. But then part of me is like, am I just carrying like the stuff on my hair and like, <laughs> just, like shaking it into the beer by accident? Um, I don't know, but, um, it tastes really nice. I'm pretty happy with it. Uh, the blossoms are primarily from Hazelwood? Greenfield. Okay. Um, yeah, that's as close as I'm going to get to give out my spots. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> Could be a lie. Yeah. Right? No. 
can't tell people where your foraging trees are. Uh, very local, though. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're near my house. Um, well, because I'll, like, uh, I haven't had a lot of time for this recently, but um, I've always really liked foraging different fruits in the spring. Because um, you can go out and find, like, service berries are pretty related to blueberries. They grow on a tree, like a little tree. They're native. They grow everywhere. Um, uh, landscaping companies plant them everywhere because birds love them. So I'll go out and like, this is my beer that I wanted to call Fights with Birds. <laughs> Where I'll go out and like uh, pick those berries and then so I use some of those blossoms. Um, or like I have a blackberry patch that may or may not be in Hazelwood. Um, <laughs> but things like that, like I'll kind of go out and walk and see like where all those plants are uh, nearby so I can go pick them when the time's right. Nice. Well, it's good to have control over that stuff, too, so you don't want to be giving away all your secrets, right? No. Got to keep those for myself. Otherwise, the birds will get them. Yeah. Fight those birds. I've also gotten uh, fights with deer. Wow. Um, I don't know that I would put myself up against a deer. It wasn't a real fight. It was like me, uh, I was harvesting like these wild raspberries, and the deer was also trying to harvest the wild raspberries. So I was like throwing like sticks to try to scare it away, and it was like, I'm not scared of you, I'm eating this fruit. <laughs> okay, so yeah, don't mess with Katie. She fights I'll deer. i throw sticks, yeah. <laughs> um, I am about to crack into the equilibrium, what is it, unlikely foragers, barrel-aged I think it's a saison. Yeah, it's a farmhouse. They use dandelions in it. I think that they pick in uh, near where they are in Middletown. Yeah. So I should have done more research about this beer before popping this beer. I actually bought this bottle back in August of 2020 when I was bored. And on the interwebs and Equilibrium was shipping to Pennsylvania for an unreasonable shipping cost. I bought but, a lot of beer that way in the pandemic. I was just like, wow. If you know anything about Equilibrium or if you follow them at all, uh, they are more reasonable shipping costs now than previously. So, uh, yeah, they used to be $30 for a flat rate box. And in Pennsylvania, you can only order three, four packs of three different beers. And that's the maximum for a month. So, of course, I broke those rules and bought bottles and bought... <laughs> a bunch of four packs because they were giving me 30 bucks or $30 shipping. So this was one of those from back in August of 2020. And so we might as well continue with the, I figured with the wild fermentation or the wild yeast strain as it were. Cause like you said, not really wild firm, but this one is definitely a lot more. Not, not to scare you. I get a ton of coconut on the nose on this. What? Yes. Really? Yeah, I do. I'm getting crazy looks from both of you. I don't. I would go for like cedar, a little bit. That's Trevor huffing his beer. <laughs> yeah, I don't find coconut in that at all. Mm. Maybe I. Maybe do I know what coconut is? Is that the problem? We'll have to do a tasting. <laughs> <laughs> Just blind taste with all coconut in all the beers, and then tell me that one of them doesn't have it, and I'll lose my mind. For a long time, I've wanted to do. Um, this would require a lot of like planning, but I've wanted to get a bunch of different fruits and do like a blindfold tasting of like fruits. Oh, like a really ripe pineapple, an underripe pineapple, like a 
mango, a dried mango, just like get a whole bunch of like tropical stuff and just like kind of think about it. So we could add coconut to that. Toasted, I mean, toasted coconut, raw coconut, coconut milk, coconut cream, <laughs> coconut uh, sugar. That's all I got right now. Candied coconut. Coconut mm, syrup, that's got to be a thing. Coconut cream pie. Yep. Extracts. Uh, <laughs> coconut stout, coconut <laughs> IPA. Just all coconut taste testing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, that sounds horrible. That was like seven things right there. <laughs> so that was more like 12. I'm going to go back and count. Yeah. It's like but, a Horace beer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know that I've ever had a bad Horace beer, though. So maybe I wasn't works. saying bad. I was just saying that guy does not scam. Kyle goes for it. <laughs> Do you guys have anything like any ideas of, I guess, what your opening week is going to look like or what what your what your ideal opening of your brewery is going to be? I don't know if we have an ideal version. Uh, it is something we've talked about. I think maybe not at length because we are still waiting on uh, federal and state approval on things. So I think we would like to do uh, the week leading up, the weekend, a soft opening of sorts for industry, friends, family. I think we've floated the idea of a Saturday and then maybe open officially the coming week on a Wednesday or Thursday. And that's kind of as much as we've really gone into it. We have... A couple things we want to do, not necessarily renovation wise, but cosmetically to the tasting room. So there's a couple things that need to fall into place, but loosely probably looking at something like that. Gotcha. Seems like that's kind of the trend for these types of places, right? You want to be. Get your feet under you a little bit and then. Have a couple days to nitpick and fine tune service and flow of customer facing operations. Yeah. We um, do have, like, it's not uh, fully formed yet, but I think we'd like to always have a board where there's, like, a few different kinds of options, starting off the brews with that in mind. I don't imagine doing a lot of lager out of the gate, just mainly from a time perspective of, like, how long it takes to produce. Something that I like about saisons and also, like, cream ales is that they are kind of like that light, refreshing, like can be lower ABV if you want them to be um, sort of like easier drinking type of experience. Uh, But they also are a little bit faster to make. Uh, So it's kind of like nice in both ways. So I think we'll probably always be trying to have offerings like that, kind of a range of IPAs um, that kind of hit a couple different like flavor profiles and uh, like alcohol percentages. And then do also want to get into like some sours uh, and some maltier beers. Amber ale. (laughs) (laughs) I think we would like to keep, keep yingling on. Um. Guest tap. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, I would love that. (laughs) Just hams. (laughs) Well, uh, hams is, 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 that's Hams not is not a Pennsylvania. Yeah. No. Uh, so we could get away could with Yingling and just uh-huh. serve yeah. it without any additional licensing as it's a Pennsylvania okay. produced. And then we'll just drink beverage. it. Yeah. <laughs> Strictly the brewer's tap. Like, yeah. I'll share it with dads. The mystery beer question mark. Yeah. <laughs> you know anything that tastes like Yingling? We'll be like, well, I got you now. <laughs> just the thing. I don't know. I feel like we've, that we've kind of de- like become educational on this episode talking about the beer actually. Um, the, the weekly recap does not normally have this high level of 
conversation. So we can make it less educational. I'm going to need direction for that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's make it less educational and yeah. go with, um, do you guys have a story for the name? Uh, I think the real I story is I had a name I really liked. Katie had a name she really liked and we had a logo that we had found from another artist that we liked. I had found it. I'd always wanted to use it, showed it to Katie, maybe didn't like it as much as me, but thought it was cool. We didn't necessarily love each other's names. And could not get in touch with the artist. So (laughs) we uh, sat down for a while, came up with a name that was, at the time, we thought different enough from every other brewery and also abstractly represented what we're hoping to accomplish with this tasting room and brewery. And I think we landed on Coven and I think we both still feel really strongly about that, how it represents a gathering place, how it's a little bit vague, but a common enough word that, that you've, you've probably heard this word many times in your life, but it's not a word you use. It's not like a household word. It, it ticked a lot of boxes for us, although it wasn't our first choice. It's our first together choice. Yeah, I think so. And yeah. I think I think we went about it in a very um you can say structured way. <laughs> no, I think we sat down, we said what do what do we want from the name of this brewery? I think we went about it in a formulated way and we got a good answer. Cool. How do you deal with the ties to the occult um, with the name? <laughs> probably similarly to Dancing Gnome, not having any gnomes. I think it <laughs> it somewhat stops. At the name and the logo. Sure. I like that it suggests that. Sure. Uh, but that's as much as I like want to lean in to the specifics of it. So we're not going to have like bird bones on the walls of the no. tap room or. No, not really like not. Candles, only, only drinking by candlelight. In the place. I do so, like candles. Uh, candles are cool. Yeah. yeah but, I mean, we're well, cool, we're, that's, cool, we're cool with candles. Okay. But you're not going to be only drinking by candlelight in the, in the tap room. There will also be Or lights. am I wrong? No. Uh, no that is going to be. You're, no. you're right. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, um, I think there's a lot of breweries, like the Vale, like a fairly commonplace word, great imagery that matches the name. That's kind of where it stops. Yeah. Um, they definitely have like very strong marketing and branding concepts and they don't have a veil on every Instagram post or on every label or something, or even like Trillium common North American flower, but that's kind of where it stops. Right. And I don't think a lot of people realize that Trillium is a flower really. I mean, I knew that because it's on every bottle, Yeah, it's also it's part of their there. logo. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that makes sense. But like you're saying, the, the, Name doesn't necessarily have to reflect your style or your. What I do design. really <laughs> like about it is that it is like a it's a gathering word, um, and I like that a lot for a gathering place. Yeah, you can kind of like come and have something that's a little like special. So that's I think what I like most about it. And it can be weird. It can be you know not normal like that kind of thing. I, I don't know. That's just kind yeah, of the vibe I, that I, I get from the word. Yeah, yeah. I but, think that's maybe what to be expected. From this, hopefully, if you had seen our Pinterest. (laughs) (laughs) What? Uh, We just have a Pinterest for like running ideas for tasting room decorations (laughs) and like general feel. Gotcha. Okay. (laughs) Um, I don't have to get into more of that because I want it to be a surprise to everybody who shows up there. So, (laughs) and I hope uh, to be the first person through the door, honestly. Hell yeah. (laughs) This 
Equilibrium beer is really good. Yeah. I like Do you know what kind of barrels it was in? Because maybe that's what I've been picking up on. I have no clue. Uh, I think it's a dandelion. I taste the dandelion, but still in the nose, I'm getting something sweeter. Gin barrels. Hmm. Oh, that would make sense. That kind of explains, like, I was really having a hard time putting my finger on. There's like a, it's not like a volatile acidity, but it is kind of like a sharpness that really works with that, like, kind of bitter dandelion. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was not placing that. I think this is a very well-crafted beer and, like, very out there, but extremely well executed. We're going to go pick dandelions now. I'll find a spot in the cemetery. (laughs) (laughs) Only if you do a a seance while you're there. (laughs) (laughs) What time do they close the gates? (laughs) (laughs) There's a hole in the fence by the one by my house. You can get in anytime. Okay. It's a really big hole. It's like half the chain link fence is missing. It's not like, (laughs) like (laughs) Oh my God. Sarah's sending me TikToks. I need to take her phone from her (laughs) and delete it. Um, (laughs) delete her phone. (laughs) I'm not going to watch TikToks on the podcast though. Uh, (laughs) for the viewers. I actually, I think that's what excited me about this was the, the gin barrel aging because Sarah was on a big gin kick last year and now I kind of am. It's a great beverage. I mean, I don't know. We got the bottle of barrel aged gin, which was just wild because you can make like old fashions with it. Mm Mm-hmm. And I love an old fashioned. Um, so. Have you had uh, the botanist? Is a really tasty gin. Yes, yeah. I think that's what started this whole thing. Was Sarah found out about the botanist? Yeah, and yeah, that was that's good stuff. Yeah, so I don't. We don't get it very often because it is a little bit on the higher price side. Is that yeah. is that the one I'm thinking of? Um, it's from Scotland. Uh, I can't say the name of the distillery. I figured exactly the price point, but it's like that clear bottle with like embossed like writing all over. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know the bottle specific because it has the it has like a Maria around it, mm-hmm. right? And <clears throat> that's yeah. one of my favorites. Yeah. Very cool. Trevor yeah, has dove, dove into the next beer. This is a wild American fruited ale. Okay. I figured before we get into the darker stuff, maybe do one more. All right, I'm down. So, Trevor recently had a birthday, oh, and geez. I got him a saber. No. Like an actual champagne saver. <laughs> nice. It is definitely bigger than I expected. <laughs> Take that as you will. Um, and uh, we are finally going to use it the other day. And we had this bottle of champagne. And he took the cage off and it just popped open by itself. Uh, as soon as uh, the cage wasn't even fully off, it was just untwisted. Yeah. Oh, jeez. And it just... It was a. F- it wasn't like a nice bottle of champagne. I'm actually pretty sure it was prosecco. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Next time. Which, uh, where is this from? Uh, the brewery's called E9. They're out of Tacoma, Washington. Um, oh, okay. This was sent to me by a friend fairly recently. Um, she sent me a box of stuff from over there, and I've been excited to try this. I haven't had anything from them, and this sounds like it's going to be really good. All it's right. Tasty. Yeah, uh, Katie had a reaction. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Um, very like subtle cherry flavor, very tart. But that's like when you want like that cherry sour. That's a really nice like kind of clean expression of that. Something I really want. Um, I haven't got a yes about this yet. Um, I have a friend who's doing all sorts of like crazy fruit wine stuff. And uh, 
I really want to buy his cherry wine barrels and like put like a big stout in there. Um, I just feel like that would go so well. Like it just has to taste like chocolate covered taking a bath and a cake. Yeah. You're uh, yeah. You're definitely speaking Sarah's language with cherry anything. Um, so I'm going to pour this beer now and then I'm going to try this beer and then I'm going to let you try this beer. So this is definitely going to be more of a tasting beer episode than anything else <laughs> except for, you know, talking about Coven. Trevor, how do you enjoy this beer? I like it a lot. I think it's got a, it's beautiful to look at. Um, very good flavor. I want a little more carbonation, I think. Other than that, it is extremely enjoyable. Okay, it's not as tart as I was expecting, honestly. Um, it's very good, though. Yeah, like you said, it's got that tart cherry flavor to it, but it's not, like, completely pucker, you know? It's almost still. Yeah. It's got a little. A little, yeah. Do you ever have any of those, um, the still uh, beer in a box? It was no. like Primitive was doing that. Um, it was kind of, I didn't know how to feel about it. Like it was super fun and it was also like Lambic in a box. I never got to try the. Um, uh, Trevor's face there. <laughs> <laughs> it just like was. Warhead. <laughs> Seriously? I'm tolerant bitter. I'm not tolerant of sour. I'll finish so it's it like, then. It's like a different thing. <laughs> I would be the one crying if the four, what was it, four warheads that he put in his mouth at the same time? Oh, yeah. I would have been dead. <laughs> no, I like this. Um, yeah, I think it's really good. Batch two, I assume this is batch two of this version? Um, I guess. I don't know. Okay. Um, <laughs> makes sense, though. I would imagine they've not only made two beers. I'm hiding from you. Mr. Sav has to be the second. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think that's safe. Beer number one, beer number two. (laughs) That's it. That's all they've chosen. We've got two beers. If you don't like them, go somewhere else. (laughs) All Uh, right, Alchemist. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Did you see they're uh, coming in this week? Uh, No. no. Yeah. Okay. Pirate Whitfield Championship. No, no, no. I'm saying Hetty and Focal will be available this week. Uh, I did see that. Yeah. (laughs) I did not. I knew it was like loosely coming. Yeah. So that'll be hitting shelves, hopefully Well, it better fresh. be fresh. Yeah. <laughs> um, not that I don't trust distribution. I just think that certain things are meant not to be distributed. <laughs> I mean, freshness is like key for that beer. Absolutely. Uh, so be checking the date stamps. Yeah. Well, apparently they're cold shipping it yeah. and all that too, so... Good for them. Um, really excited to see the Alchemist. Yeah. Uh, hopefully it's not just on shelves. Like, But I hate the term shelfie. I really do. I don't know. That was um, – so that is probably the first, like, smaller craft brewery beer that I remember drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'd had, like, Sierra Nevada and, uh, like, Fat Tire a ton and, and Sam Adams in college. What was, we got like a weird one too. Um, I went to college in Southern Maryland and there was this one beer store. I'm not going to remember the name of it right now. That got like a weird amount of Chicago beer. Okay. Um, but, and Smutty Nose um, also. Sure. Uh, sure. Schlafly. Is the, uh, which, oh, they're Schlafly. not even in Chicago, right? It's like St. Louis. Yeah. they're in. I don't know if they're in St. Louis, but they're near St. Louis at least. Yeah. Okay. So I just did that all <laughs> wrong. Anyway. Um, That's okay. We forgive you. I had a, like that kind of craft beer in college. But there was this trip that I took, like, 
right after we graduated and me and Jake had gotten this campsite. We're traveling all over like New England and we got this campsite on Grand Isle, which is uh, a little island in Lake Champlain, like 30 minutes from Burlington. And we had kind of like managed to pick up Hetty Topper on like a Tuesday morning, like from one of the drops <clears throat> before the like big new production space was open, I think. Oh, easily if we were still in college. I feel like the one in Stowe is not that old. It was after the like it was definitely after the brew pub was closed. Okay. And they were like still brewing, but <clears throat> they hadn't reopened the new spot that you can like go do tours at now. Mm-hmm. But we like got some Henny Topper and Sip of Sunshine and we like went to our campsite and like my first beer that I drank in Vermont was like watching the sunset on Lake Champlain. It was a Henny Topper. And like I think my future was sealed that day. <laughs> so send me a postcard. Uh, damn it. Yeah, like. <laughs> I have a picture somewhere. Um, but uh, and that had to be like my first New England IPA, also, or at least like definitely the first one I remember. Yeah, because um, that was like wouldn't it wasn't like as widespread then. No, um, I can't imagine it would be. But uh, on like. Since then, going back to that beer, like every time I have one, I like feel a little nervous about it, like undoing something about the magic of that memory, and it's still good. Yeah, yeah, like, that's one hundred percent how it is. Like I visited Jake in Boston when oh god, this was three years ago now, and just being able to like find a can of it on a shelf somewhere up there is just like crazy. Man. And he bought yeah. me a four pack, and like you know, there was just just so hype about it. And every time you have it, it's just as good as the last one. And that's one thing I don't want to see distribution ruin is picking up a bad one or a six month old one or something. And like they've been to Pittsburgh with juicy brews and Mm -hmm. like stuff like that. And it's always super fresh. And the man himself, John Kimmich for me, had a topper at juicy brews. And I was like, could have died that day. I was like, all right, cool. I think I'm done here. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. I made it. Yeah. So this is my dream. Here's the question. After all these years, Hetty Topper or Pliny? Okay. So I haven't had enough Pliny to, to match my excitement over Hetty. Fair. Um, I definitely want to get out to Russian river at some point. Jake's been a couple of times. Cool. Jake got a case of, Pliny for Prez. Yeah. Yeah. And descent zero of it over here? Yeah. He drank all of it in a fucking weekend. Took a photo of everyone and sent it to you. Yes. He's like, oh, just having a couple of beers tonight. A four pack of Pliny for Prez. Like, uh, I was so I was so mad. I was like, dude, just send me two cans. One can. I don't care. I just want to try this beer. He's like, no, I don't ship beer. Jack. Yeah, he's always taken a hard stance on that, hasn't he? He really has. Um, not that I'm mad about it. I mean, obviously there's a right way and a wrong way to do that too, but there's a, there's also a point where you can definitely get rid of that. <laughs> like if you bought a case, a of case. A, he got it delivered <laughs> yeah. to his front door and literally, <laughs> come on, just one can, just yeah. put it in a, a, you know, just wrap it up in bubble wrap, Roll throw, it in, nice throw it in one of those like prepaid, yeah. uh, you know, post office boxes and just drop it in the drop box. Like you don't even have to talk to anybody. You don't have to pay for postage. Just get it out to me. One can. That's all I want. But I have had plenty a couple times. Thanks to Jake and Alex. I still, I I still got to go with Hetty personally. Katie. 
petty topper. Um, I was thinking about, uh, I don't think I've had a lot of it either, but we used to be able to go to, when we lived in Baltimore, we went to Monks every time we went to Philly. Yeah. Mm. Um, which is also kind of a religious experience. <laughs> so... I've never been to Monks. I've heard nothing but great things um, for a while. Yeah. I think it depends and, how and you I love go. it on an off day. Yeah. I, yeah. The last time I was there was right before I moved back to Pittsburgh. I did it. I've talked about it before on here, I think. My yeah. New England trip. Mm-hmm. So I hit Philly probably like 3 o'clock. I stopped by Monks on a Thursday and was one of two people in there. And it was <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Sarah yeah. always tells the story of Max's. <clears throat> also love Max's. Yeah. Miss Max's Tap House quite a bit yeah um yeah i think the first time that i went to monks was not dissimilar to the heady topper thing it was like we knew it was a destination but not maybe like didn't understand like quite the reputation and we're just like oh here's a cool beer bar in philly and we like went on like a like thursday afternoon or something and just had a great time but it wasn't busy it wasn't a weekend like it wasn't a beer event in town and so then like after that even when it was busy i didn't really care because like that first time was so great that i was like reliving it a little um <laughs> very spoiled by max's yeah uh well you you're from baltimore right so yeah um and like I think we went down there recently this summer, spent a lot of money, drank a lot of old bottles of beer. <laughs> um, but the selection there is incredible. Uh, and like on the event day, it's really fun because they'll do like different, they have um, they have like festivals that aren't really festivals, I think as we would think of them now, but they'll buy in a bunch of mm. special beer kind of around a theme. And on President's Day weekend, it's always like in the middle of winter. Um, they have like rare and obscure beer day um, or like couple days, and they'll do like a sours day um, on the Monday, I think. Um, and that's always super fun because they have like Cantillon and like all these Belgian beers, and they'll get in a bunch of really cool stuff from like Primitive and Crooked Stave and like places out west and do it up. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, I brought goodies. Mostly Trevor brought goodies. Wow. Trevor is unbagging all the beer that he brought. And I see a... Is that a veil? It is. I love their bottles. I uh, really do. Yeah. You won't like this. It has coconut. See, Nick now, has something again, that he brought out that has coconut. I did see yeah. that. So, uh... <laughs> yeah, so sure again, a, I don't know that I won't love raging it. Raging hypocrite I think it's just, here. Oh. And you got a wax bottle. Sure do. All right. Well, um, (laughs) (laughs) had to look at all of them to see which one it was. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So this is Triple Crossing 7th Anniversary Selection Bourbon Barrel-Aged Imperial Stout. Oh, man. We're getting super wrecked, aren't we? Um, I don't know. What do you want to go with first? Because I'm I'm ready. We just capped that E9. I feel like I've picked at least two or three of the beers we've had so far. So I just want so to get these point, on the table. So at this point, you're beverage director. Yeah. All right. We're going with this other half. <laughs> yeah. All gonna, right. We're going to do some hops before we get dark. Sounds good. I like it. I also have an equilibrium triple in the fridge if you want to get super weird. Oh, wow. But- <laughs> 
It's equilibrium and cerebral. One time we did. Oh, that beer was weird but delicious. We had somehow three different equilibrium triples with. Oh, I was thinking of the Lawson's beer. Oh, oh yeah, I remember, that was, I remember that too. The Lawson's beer was. I had somehow been gifted a bottle of Lawson's Triple Sunshine aged in tequila barrels. What? Yeah, that's that insane. insane. Yeah, possibly. That? It had yeah, super uh, strong, like, tiki vibes. Oh, nice. <laughs> Check out this wolf shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Fantastic. The yeah. wolf shirt. Uh, I'm pretty you know, sure this podcast. is, a, I'm, I'm almost positive this is a children's shirt. <laughs> you got that at Kohl's for $7. This was a gift. Oh, okay. The yeah. person who bought it for you got that at Kohl's <laughs> for $7. Shout out Matt Bradford. Yeah. <laughs> Who also has a wolf shirt. I'm really excited for us to wear them together. Sometime. Oh, yes. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know Matt, he tends bar at Dancing Gnome, right? Mm-hmm. Also makes a killer fucking hoagie, apparently. Indeed. Hoagie uh, boys. Is, is that his uh, super secret underground food club? Uh, no. We just, like, on Fridays, go get hoagies. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought he made those. He made those ones. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it looked bomb. <laughs> it's like a whole thing. Like, they get hoagies, they make hoagies, they eat hoagies. Hoagie Boys. Yeah. yeah. You know. that's, that's a very fitting name. <laughs> <laughs> so and he bought me this wolf shirt. All right. So yeah. Wolf Shirts and Hoagie Boys. It's the name of the episode. Amazing. Definitely it's not a good album name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad you guys. Should, like, when we start a band. Yeah. <laughs> I'll open the beer. Since oh, we haven't read my, we haven't. We haven't read my drunk band names recently. <laughs> oh my god, we have not. We definitely need to do that. There's um, there's definitely some new please, ones. <laughs> please bust that out. Uh, this is one of my favorite segments from Trevor's episodes. Is the drunk band names? Um, <laughs> so the rules. They're like a little risque lately. Some of them. Yeah, that's yeah. okay. That's okay. It's um, kind of dark here. Yeah. Um, the, the rules are: if you hear, you just have to hear someone say something, and then you say. Oh, that's a good band name. <laughs> Somebody involved has to be under the influence okay. or else it does not count. <laughs> that's like the uh, Parks and Rec running joke where... Uh, I think that's how it started. Andy, that's where we got it Andy from. And he yells out, uh, new band name, I call it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's where we got this idea. That's wonderful. So this is Florets. This is of the other half broccoli mm-hmm. series, it's right? It's like broccoli light. Okay. That's not actually light. That's how I think of it when like somebody has a double IPA and then they make like a single. Yeah. 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 This is six, six. Okay. So it's still just an IPA. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't mean just an IPA, but I mean, you know, it's just an IPA, not a double, not a double IPA. Yeah. Um, I do love other half stuff. We went, I mean, I'm sure you heard all about other half Philly when we went coming soon. I know they bought the old goose Island place, right? Uh, oh, okay. I did not know that. I didn't know that either. Yeah, it was it was Goose Island. Well, that's a thing these days, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is the theme of the episode, I yeah. think. Uh, but <laughs> I know that Goose Island did terribly there. Okay. And I don't want to say that it's because Big Beer, but I think it's because they probably didn't get like the rare stuff. Mm-hmm. Sure. And what are you going to do with a place called Goose Island that's not serving? The rare stuff. Yeah. Like, well, it better be close to the stadium. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> so, 312 is pretty okay yeah. if you're having 17 of them. <laughs> but, <laughs> like... We, um, we've we got a friend, maybe 
I don't think he's been on, but probably mentioned in the podcast. Uh, Ryan Januszko, former brewer at Dancing Gnome. Yes. Now is in charge of a handful of barrels, <laughs> probably more than a handful. Like a, a lot. Like a big fat row yeah. of Bourbon County <laughs> barrels at, yeah. <laughs> at the Just Chicago I think I talked about this off pod. Okay. And if you want to keep it off pod, that's fine. But one of the things that really grinds my gears about this is that people who work on those types of releases, right? That, no, you know what? I texted Sarah about this. And I'm I, think tell, we were, I think we were talking about it a little bit. I'm going to tell the whole story, okay? And it's going to be weird to start. <laughs> but I scroll Twitter on my phone on the toilet a lot, okay? <laughs> You're not alone. So I scroll past a tweet from our friends, people I know, breweries in PA. And I don't mind calling them out because if they you know, want to banish me from the site or whatever, that's fine. But... One of the things is, uh, or like, if you're a fan of craft beer, I forget what the tweet said exactly, but it was like, it was basically, if you're a fan of craft beer, you shouldn't be supporting Goose Island, right? <clears throat> and I think what they were trying to say was that you should support your locals on Black Friday mm-hmm. instead of going and chasing down BCBS, right? BCBS classically is released on Black Friday. And maybe to a lesser known extent, typically you have to sell a ton of very regularly, very forced Goose Island products to even have the chance to sell it. Right. And that's, so my gripe with the whole thing is the people that work on BCBS are not, I mean, yes, they're Anheuser-Busch employees, I guess, at the end of the day, you roll it up to a certain point, but these people are very craft brew uh, centric. They're very, um, what's the word? Enthusiastic about their craft. They're very good at what they do. And it's really frustrating to see people shitting on what is probably one of the best barrel age programs, regardless of beer. And I, as a absolute hater of Anheuser-Busch, hater of big beer, I can say this with full confidence. Those guys are busting their asses to make this beer. Yeah. I have mixed thoughts. (laughs) Um, I agree with that completely. Um, Thank you. I guess. Uh, it, <laughs> I'm going to wait. And you know, I'm going to wait on that. Thank you. Um, it is kind of interesting to like realize what uh, like money can buy. And by that, I mean like the resources to make a certain caliber of products that like, if you are trying to compete for like, like right now I'm really stressed out about like cans, like getting, just getting cans. Yeah. Um, and I don't think this will affect us like a ton, but I'm sure it will in a way, whatever. There's like some new minimum order of cans that you can get from like the only place that makes the cans. And like to be a really small brewer, like um, you can't compete with AB InBev for the supply chain. Right. So like they have, or even like bigger craft breweries, like, they have a lot easier access to things. And then sometimes they do really awesome shit with that. Like, because they can buy whatever they want and get like the best products. Like bourbon County is awesome. Well, wicked weed is an extremely good example of this yeah. from the get go. And that was kind of their, like what they said when they sold was like, listen, like they can buy things that we couldn't have access to otherwise. Yeah. Um, 
from a quality perspective. And it's like, it's the same thing of um, going from like homebrew ingredients to even just commercial hops. Like commercial hops are beautiful compared with like the stuff you can get in a homebrew packet. Yeah. Um, And then I understand that there's like levels of that, that like you don't even begin to see until you can say like, yeah, I'm going to buy this whole field. Like, (laughs) you know, Um, so then you can tell a farmer like, okay, I want it harvested like on this day at this like moisture content or, or that's not a thing exactly. But, um, like, (laughs) well, the harvest time like impacts the oils. That's more what I meant. But, um, you can't do that if you're like, yeah, I'm just going to like buy like a couple boxes every now and then. Like, and you shouldn't like, that shouldn't be your expectation, but like tailoring your ingredients to the beer you want to make, like that is something that's pretty cool that the big guys get to do and having like great people on their team um, means that like that's happening. So I have like, it sort of like sucks that Mm -hmm. as a small brewer, you don't get to have that, but respect that like they make good shit. That's why it's big. Yeah. And again, I'm not siding with big beer by any means, especially. Yeah, we love Ryan. Yeah. It should be noted. Ryan also does a lot of work with a much smaller brewery in Chicago. I don't know if we're allowed to say this. He puts on his Instagram account. Why not? He's Shout been, out. He's been working yeah. a lot with the team over at Is Was Brewing, who has been making some very beautiful Saison farmhouse beers. Um, lots smaller and almost completely opposite of what Goose Island is. And just Ryan's a very craft and detail oriented individual. And I think these both are great fits for him. Yeah. And I imagine that like a lot of people who are involved in big beer do things like that like um it's a a job where you can like kind of on the one hand like have a lot of resources but then you can put that knowledge to work maybe doing like a passion project elsewhere kind of the i i would say i'd equate it to like a software developer nine to five but developing your own game after work yeah whatever kind of thing yeah you know that's we understand real dumb as i can put it but yeah. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like that, I, I guess that that's another way of thinking about these people. Cause like, I mean, obviously it's still a passion for beer, right? At the end of the day. Yeah, definitely. So I really like this. I'm very impressed. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Very rarely, if ever disappointed by other half beer. Yeah. It's, it's definitely that's like other half style, right? Very soft, very OD. Yeah. I was looking for, um, I forget the exact name of this beer, but uh, I also had some, um, like a very high percentage oat double IPA. Uh, And it was just like orange, tangerine, like grapefruit, oats. Um, And I was like, I had one can of this four pack. And so I thought there was more in my fridge. And I was like looking for it. And Jake's like, oh yeah, I drank all this. (laughs) He drank all the space diamonds or whatever it's called. Yeah. So. Yeah, we got other half pretty regularly for a little while there, and the shipping was comparable mm-hmm. to Equilibrium, and it just didn't seem sustainable for us to keep buying it. So here's a question so. for you. Um, I was like, I was thinking a lot about this in the pandemic because shipping was like opening up more. And, like, I ordered like a decent amount of tired hands. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had tired hands, foam, Equilibrium, the veil. You yeah. had other half burial Hudson Valley. Mm-hmm. 
it's kind of interesting to think like, yeah, I want to drink that beer because I love that beer. But then that's like, that is kind of like local. I don't know what the question in this is, but like, um, no, say it, go ahead. I know what you're thinking. (laughs) Well, yeah. Like, uh, I guess it's kind of like, when are you choosing shipping over local? Is it like the name or it's the novelty for me in my opinion? I don't have access to this, but I know I've had this before. I want it and I can do it right now, but not weekly, monthly, not regularly. Yeah. I don't think that I was ever regularly ordering out of state stuff over local like i would always be doing both yeah um because realistically like like i said the added expense to shipping and the needing to be home to sign for it now i mean during the pandemic might not have been as much of a problem sarah works from home so it's not a big deal but i was still going to the local places and buying probably another case of beer on top of the three four packs that i'd get from equilibrium that week and most of it was to split with my friends because we do a you know, beer share type of thing. So anything that I got, I maybe kept one to two cans of. And the rest went out to everybody else. And we kind of square up on the spreadsheet that we have running in the Google Sheets app. And in the Google? Yeah. <laughs> um, if you ever want to find out how much of an alcoholic I am, you can just hack my Google account. <laughs> um, there's, I try not to look at that part of my bank account. No, yeah, yeah. No, I don't really. Google's going to come out with a car and you're not going to be able to get one. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. They're, well, unless it's a self-driving. Um, yeah, because but, if it's self-driving, then they're absolutely going to send me one first and go here. Just stay off the fucking roads. Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny to, to see the amount of different beers that we've gone through. Because most of us, like when we're trading these things around, don't buy the same beer twice. Unless it's a variation or like the, it's a yearly thing mm-hmm. that they do, right? Like I have the plague sitting over yeah. here that I just picked up from Strange Roots and love that beer. It's wild. It's insane to me how crazy that beer is. But like ordering, like looking at this list of beer, we're over a thousand cells deep in probably two and a half years. So it's a lot of beers. <laughs> if you do the math, it's a lot of 16 ounce cans yeah. or a lot of 750 lo- bottles or 22 ounce bottles or whatever you want to call it. I had a friend who, I don't think he does this anymore, but he used to check in everything he drank on Untapped, including like the multiple high lifes that he would have like at 1 a.m. Oh my God. <laughs> and, like, that's a that's a true dedication. Yeah. Move and so we just like, see like 3 a.m. Like, <laughs> like multiple high lifes. Just like, dude, you don't, don't you know, know who this is. Um, uh, I have a guess. You haven't. I watched them eat a donut out of someone else's hand once. Same. <laughs> same group. Brewery, different person. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now that is an off pod story. <laughs> you know, if we want to do a bonus episode, then I'm going to yeah, ask about it. But. That is an off pod story. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. Greatest regret of my life is uh, with that group of people. I fell asleep before I went to the. Uh, there was like a birthday party and they went back out. Um, and there's this bar in Baltimore that does, uh, they have chartreuse on tap. And I missed out on that night cause I did the, my thing where I fall asleep on the couch. <laughs> Sometimes so, huge bummer. couch naps are better than chartreuse. So. I don't know. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree with that premise. Yeah. I don't know that that's true. I'm just yeah. saying, I was just saying it to make you feel better. <laughs> yeah. But when I, when I hit a wall, like that's lights out, you know? Yeah. No, yes. I get it. That's why I, 
last night I fell asleep on the couch and woke up at one thirty in the morning and drunkenly You're not alone. made coffee and yeah. <laughs> went to bed. So <laughs> yeah. are we doing this? This is going to happen? Okay. I think so. All right. Um, haven't had it. These next three I have not had. I've had um, different have a- variations of this, but never this one. I mean, my th- that looks. Sharp. This is my wax cutter. Okay. Um, Heard. I've only ever used this for wax cutting. Perfect. I don't know what it's for in real life. <laughs> it's I for know, wax cutting. That's that's your wax cutting knife, right? It's not even sharp. Like it's it's very not sharp. Um, if I'm being honest, it looks like that's a probably ideal because that's why I sort of didn't want to use my uh, sharp knife. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm recently we had a bottle that was extremely waxed, couldn't get through the wax. So uh, another DG bartender, Andrew Sullivan, and I held it and had two lighters trying to melt down to the bottle cap. Wow. Uh, so last week, as uh, the holiday approached, I had a friend in from out of town. And so we were playing cards on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving because nobody goes out and you know, gets drunk the night before Thanksgiving, right? Um, and my friend brought over a bottle of the Churro Vesa which is a BRC release that Voodoo had a couple <coughs> months ago um, or last year, maybe. And the wax on that thing, when you don't have a proper wax cutting implement actually went pretty smooth. Um, I have this uh, bottle opener, like credit card sized bottle opener thing. And I've seen that. Yeah. It's uh, surprisingly effective at cutting wax. They're, I think they're, I don't love the like long stringy octopus, Oh, see, I do. That's but I think the amount of wax and the application of the wax on their bottles is always great. It's I like very clean. I like. I wish I could get a brew gentleman look on the wax, but a voodoo application of thickness. Have you seen? I get what you mean there. Um, sorry, go on. Uh, I was just going to complain a little. The Fontaflora wax is like really thin. Yeah, you almost you could like put it on a twist off and still twist it off. Yeah. Oh wow. Um, it's too hot. I didn't realize that. I mean, I guess I've never seen Fonta Flores. We had a really good mixed firm from them that they waxed. Do you want to? Yeah. I'm just out here raw dogging it. <laughs> so again, we just cracked the seven anniversary selection bourbon barrel aged Imperial stout from triple crossing. This is a 12% ABV wax top bottle. Um, I do love wax. This is pouring like straight fucking syrup. It looks like fudge. <laughs> it's amazing. Their stouts have always been, I think, very nice and largely underrated for the city that they're in. They get overshadowed a little. Do you know what year this was? I assume this year, maybe? Or <sighs> They opened, yeah. It would have been this April. They opened in 2014, April 12th, 13th, somewhere around there. Oh, okay. Maybe the 15th. Still waiting um, for our Richmond trip. Day. It wasn't tax day. Well, then. It was maybe the 14th. Okay. 4 14 14 is possibly their opening day. I started this podcast on tax day. Okay. Mm. Wow, this smells like brownie batter. Yeah, it really does. That is straight. Like, like unbaked. Nice, yeah. nice and sneak yeah. into the kitchen. Slick the spoon. <laughs> You're stealing it from Baker Jake. <laughs> oh, and that is exactly as sludgy as I wanted it to be. Like. Yeah, not cloyingly sweet either. No. This is really nice. Yeah, it's got like a great like dry cacao kind of. It's not 
distracted. It's like perfectly in that syrup, but it's like enough bitter that it just kind of like cuts through that in a great way. Yeah. Yeah. I like this a lot. Thank you for sharing Trevor. Yeah, definitely. I think we haven't touched on this yet. We, this is, we do want to get some barrel stuff going, both stouts or barley wines, more malt forward stuff, as well as some farmhouse and mixed cultured stuff down the road. Definitely something we'd love to do. It might take us a minute to figure out how to make it work in that space. That's also something you won't, you don't want to rush, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there is, there's space for barrels there. Maybe not a, a ton. I'm like the Tetris queen. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that about me. <laughs> so I, I'm very excited to do that. I think um, it's really special to like get to kind of put stuff away and come back to it later. And, and I don't want to, I don't want to bring it up this way, but like Roundabout did a pretty good job with that stuff too. Like yeah. Heinz is one of yeah. my favorite, like uh, arguably recurring. one of the most celebrated beers in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, and I've been scouring their instagram and it still hasn't come up yet it really makes me sad but yeah we have big shoes to fill there it's, i don't it's, again it's a, i didn't want to say it that way that's no, not what i meant it's by a that very bittersweet situation um we're excited about the opportunity everybody loves roundabout yes including us um i don't think we'll try to be roundabout in a lot of ways but if we could capture some of those like moments they have, like Heine's Good Cheer is just a great representation of beer in Pittsburgh. And yeah, and even the story behind it is like what craft beer in Pittsburgh is kind of like. You mm-hmm. know, like um, I know I've read the story on this podcast before. Honestly. I remember listening to you read this while I was at the gym. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, but it's just such a good representation of just like giving the community a hug. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, and I hope that's something that just continues. Right. Like that's just, nah, yeah, I know. That's <laughs> not a hugger. It's fine. Yeah. Don't touch me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can hug people with your beer. Okay. Okay. That's, that's all I meant by that. I didn't mean literally hugging people. That's weird. In a ma- pandemic mouth hugs, mouth hugs. <laughs> Even worse. <laughs> uh, Just hug someone with your words. It's even worse that the answer has a beer named that. <laughs> or did. Oh, they, no. may, they may have since got It was one of their, for a long time, like, staples. <laughs> uh, is there anything that I haven't asked you guys about the brewery yet that I need to? Um, um, I don't. It's, it's tough because we have talked to you about this off, off podcast over the last couple weeks. We can spit out some basic need to know stuff if you'd like to kind of round that out. Sure. Uh, where can we find you online? I guess is the, the starting point. Yeah. So far, we've got the Instagram up coven.brewing, C O V E N period brewing. Website coming likely the next few days. Um, won't have much at first, more or less a coming soon. Here's some information to look forward to. And that, that website will be. Coven, covenbrewingpgh.com those will mainly be our main outlets for pretty much anything yeah that's that's yeah. kind of our online <laughs> i don't presence. know how to use tiktok that's um, okay uh, i'm glad honestly uh, so we're too old for that i shit. guess the kids uh, these days too uh maybe somebody well, else can learn that for us kids? well that sounds like uh your problem <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, we're um, on Butler Street, 49th Street uh, in Lawrenceville. And we're looking for like a late winter, early spring open, kind of as as soon as we can be licensed and then also like make that space what we want it to be. Dumb question. Are you hiring? We Mm -hmm. don't know. We actually talked about this on the drive over here. Um, One of the things I think we're planning on doing is making the, if you've been in roundabout, they've got not quite an L, but it's like a quarter of a stop sign shaped. It's got like three sides and we kind of plan on shortening the bar a little bit um, to just be like kind of a straight across bar. So making that even a little smaller. I'm not sure how many front of house staff we will need at first. And inversely, I think between the two of us, we're hoping to be able to tackle all back of house operations at first. So likely we might bring on one to two people in varying full to part time capacities, but we have not decided yet. Yeah. We're not really sure what that looks like. Like we're going to need some help. Um, but uh, I think we're kind of interested in having some folks that can bring something to the table a little bit. And that uh, a priority for us, I guess, is like the right fit. Right. Um, versus the timeline, maybe. And gotcha. also, we, we would also, I think, like when we bring more people into this project to kind of have fleshed out some of the rougher edges of operations and kind of set everyone up for success and have like a centralized goal and be able to communicate well to everybody what we're aiming to do. So that could take however long it takes. Yeah. And in the meantime, Trevor and I will just like work. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, But we're like really excited to get to create and share that with people. And we love sharing beer with people. Yeah. Um, And having cool ideas and trying new stuff. And that's really exciting. Yeah, it'll it'll be a lot, but I think we're both hard workers and I think it'll be really rewarding. I drink so much caffeine, I'm not super worried. (laughs) (laughs) I just energized our bunny until I crash. Around nine thirty. Oh yeah, that's right. We're uh, we're over that time. (laughs) I don't have my phone to remind me that it's bedtime. (laughs) So well, um, on that note, I guess uh, other aspects of the the process here that I want to know more about are probably just inner workings of like the stuff that we don't necessarily need to talk about on the podcast. So I don't really want to get into too deep of like the business plan. And you don't want to go back to our academic discussion. No, (laughs) believe me, I I do like to be educational every once in a while, you know, the more, you know, and all that, but at the same time, yeah, you I get think, me talking about the weeds of Cezanne and like you got to catch me back again. <laughs> like, exactly. Uh, well, which, we, can, we can talk about like when the blackberries are going to fruit and like when you know they're ripe. <laughs> how do you skin a grape? Yeah. Um, yeah. Trick question. You don't. You can. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said skin, you said grape skins earlier and yeah. it, was, it just like stuck in my Okay. Uh, my bad. Because you can skin a grape, but we don't. That's a, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then all I think about are grape leaves <laughs> and like. Oh, tomatoes. Yeah, right? Um, so. <laughs> I know, I did bad. Did you make tomatoes? 
<laughs> I have tried that before. It also turns out that you have to boil the grape leaves or something. I didn't realize that. Oh. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know anything about that. You should that, get yourself so. like a grandmother of every ethnicity and they'll tell you how to do it right the first time. <laughs> <laughs> or they'll leave out one secret ingredient and oh, make yeah. all of until, your food You know what? <laughs> Jake's mom just gave us a secret ingredient to her crab dip for Thanksgiving because we couldn't go home. And I was like, you never even told me there was a secret ingredient. She's like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> She's like, it tasted just fucking fine, yeah. didn't it? <laughs> My mind Did is like still not. blown. I'm like not over it yet. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't know that was in there. <laughs> she said, she said, oh yeah, this is absolutely happening. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I guess at this point, I'm going to wrap up. Uh, I'm going to throw it to you guys. Anything else you want us to know about Coven Brewing before we shut this podcast down? Because Katie is asleep at the bar. <laughs> In my basement, which is weird. Not yet, but we're getting close. (laughs) (laughs) Well, after the three beers that we shared, plus this incredible stout. Mm -hmm. Four beers. This is the fifth. Oh, this is. Oh, that's right. The can. I'm sorry. I missed that. Okay. So fifth beer, we've each had a third of. Except for me, who had less. But that's just because Sarah stole mine. (laughs) Um, The royal we. Yeah. So the Coven Brewing Crew is sitting here across the bar from me. What else do you want to say? Well, thanks for having us. Um, this is our first official press, I suppose. God, I'm so um, excited. I'm so excited. It was really cool to come on and do this with you. Uh, it was exciting to tell you in person as well. We're I, super excited yeah. to see people. It'll, it'll be a fun journey, I think, and hopefully we'll have some more information in the coming weeks and months. Yeah, and we'll definitely be sharing all that information with our followers. And you guys already have more followers than me on Instagram, so it doesn't even hurt that bad. Uh, like <laughs> but not on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, get your TikTok up and running. Yeah. Uh, start out your get learn how to use Reels mm. on Instagram. <clears throat> I don't know. Um, I don't know. How so we are that. hiring a TikTok and Reels person. <laughs> <laughs> Preferably a kid. <laughs> right. Yeah. Someone under the age of 25. Yeah. Over uh, the age of 21. Very important. Right. Uh, yeah. Over the age of 16. That's all you have to be to have a job, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, to serve alcohol, you have to be 18. So let's say we, No, no, no. Not that's serving, not the job. It's TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. I know. But I'm saying. I figure if you're making adult content for TikTok for an account that Whoa. needs to be- <laughs> <laughs> What kind of TikTok do you think this is? <laughs> that is not what I meant. It's an adult gathering place. <laughs> Coven. Yeah. We have red Adirondacks out front. <laughs> All right. Sorry, that was a. Never mind. Never mind. I'm not. No, we're I not. get it. It was a joke. <laughs> anyway, point being, Coven is going to be a lot of fun. And yeah. So excited to see what you guys do with the place. Um, what? I, I, again, it's. You need to walk into this knowing that it's not roundabout. I think is the most important thing. And I'm very excited about that idea. Like, I know that I've had some great memories with Roundabout, right? We went to Smoketoberfest, uh, the Heine's Good Cheer releases. The the stuff that's happening with them is just, like, it's a Pittsburgh staple for a reason, right? And being able to step into their shoes as going to be something that's tough. Um, not going to lie about that. But being able to take over and become your own place is I think super important in that role too, because you're not just inheriting somebody else's work. You're doing your own work. Yeah. So pretty excited to see what you guys do with it. Yeah. And I'm very excited to know you and call you friends. So 
Oh, <laughs> back at you. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Um, it's going to be exciting. I think we are both artists at heart. Um, we almost ended up in the same illustration program, like same graduating class and everything. Wow. Um, little known fact. Very little. I'm telling the people. Um, <laughs> it's a secret. But I think we're very grateful uh, for everywhere that we've been and learned from and to move into this spot. And we're really excited to kind of be creative and share that with people. Awesome. Well, we'll see you in spring of 2022. Oh, yeah. And in the new year. Yeah. Make so, some new memories. Exactly. Uh, with Coven Beer, right? I guess at this point, we're going to raise a glass uh, because I'm going to finish this and then probably have another one. But that's just me. Oh, you, oh you're you... really going to clink yourself? We can actually clink here. That's okay. We got to pick it up. Yeah, it'll be fine. All right. Cheers. <laughs>